0: Hello everyone and welcome to A Pint with Peter, an informative and somewhat comedy podcast where I sit down with my dad and have a bit of a chat. Currently we are talking about his childhood during the 60s and 70s, but more importantly about music, a defining factor in everyone's life. Now this episode like the previous one is a bit a long time coming and it's for a number of reasons but the main one being Chris has got a new job and like everyone he's finding the transition a bit hard so I've decided to step up and for the foreseeable future I will be editing the podcast. Let's hope I do it justice, eh. Now, before we get back to it, um I just thought I would do a quick recap of the previous episode, you know like I said it's been a bit of a long time. So in the previous episode, you know we were continuing our chat with music, but more about the kind of subculture that music will create. You know, we touched upon Mods and also the Oz magazine, which was a bit of an alternative magazine at the time, something a bit different to what you'd find in your off-licence. We finished the episode with my dad teasing how he will talk about his interest in soul music, the gigs he went to, uh, early festivals and any early bands he saw. You know, the bands you see before they get big. Hopefully we will discuss that in this episode. Uh, You know what my dad's like, he goes off on a bit of a tangent. But everyone, thanks for the wait and let's get back to it. We left off the last episode, finishing off a somewhat agony ant. Send him? It a, was the letter. letter. Yeah, the letter. letter. Well, yeah, Maybe words. the letter was sent by me, <laughs> Russell.
1: Yeah, this is the tragic truth.
0: I mean, uh, after listening back to it and with Love Island starting again, I could almost see a correspondence oh, to, a, that's to, to a, yeah. a young man now writing in. Yeah, to Love yeah, 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 yeah. Right, writing in say? saying,
1: I, I, I don't even have a girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. I certainly don't have a girlfriend. It looks like the... The chicks. I'm going to use a bit of um, <laughs> hippie language tonight. I might even have a kind of hippie language bingo thing. I mean, I'm, what I'd like to do tonight, I, I've, I've called this uh, episode, if you want, Teenage Kicks in the Age of Aquarius. Mm-hmm. This is the dawning of the age of Aquarius. Does that mean anything to you? Is that a cultural reference? I was reference? kind of hoping
0: he was, he was going to mention uh, Teenage up. Kicks. I teenage mean, Kicks, yeah, that's... that's for what, two th- songs. Yeah, I guess it's two
1: songs, but... I mean, that's <laughs> two the undertones, kids. isn't it? The teenage yeah. Kicks is the undertones. But I think The Age of Aquarius was in the stage play I mentioned uh, before, which was Hair... I thought it was something from your hypnotherapy days. No, no, not really, Aquarius. not really hypnotherapy. But the thing about the age of Aquarius is, and I'll, I'll try and reference it tonight, is I don't know how much it applies now. I mean, I know you work at Afflex and Afflex or did work at Afflex still has a bit of a hippie vibe to that yeah. last time. To me, Affleck's is a kind of line of continuity from the
0: hippie era, which... It is very sacred ground. Like, if a top shop tried to move in there, there'd be a public outrage. I don't think they would be allowed to no they well, won't even get their foot in the front door or something but yeah but then it confuses me because isn't there a super dry house something like that for, for those people listening in
1: <laughs> yeah you know, the five people listening <laughs> in who don't know what aflex is it's basically an alternative flea market isn't mm, it yeah. type setup that sells a lot of uh
0: handmade
1: uh craft type stuff doesn't it well it's and, all all
0: independently run stores yeah
1: it's like uh, in Manchester. There's still uh, a restaurant where I used to go and eat, obviously forty odd years ago, called Eighth Day. You, you know Eighth Day I don't know. on, I on Oxford Road. I do know the name. That's at the time would have sold macrobiotic food and uh, you know all the all the stuff that people are interested in now. The thing, about, the thing about me referencing the age of Aquarius is, and I don't know how current it is now, there was a great interest in tarot. Do you know anybody's interest in tarot cards?
0: Oh, yeah, a lot of my mates Really? Wow. Well, yeah. Astrology? You know, astrology yeah. generally. Oh, fun, funny story about tarot cards that I'm going to throw in. My mate was having a lot of bad luck, and her mum told her to throw out her tarot cards because her mum said that, you were bad presence. They couldn't. were casting bad vibes, yeah. man. Yeah. So she yeah. took them yeah. out and she said that her luck did improve. They were an evil influence. Is that, though? Yeah, I know. <laughs> is it just that like, state of mind? Once you've been told that, yeah. uh, so someone tells you that they're a bad influence or a bad presence in your life, so you throw them out and that changes your kind of mindset, not without realising it, so sort of it changes your mindset, and then you've got a better outlook on things, so it changes. I feel like me and Chris are the two sides of the argument. I'm the spiritual one, like, yeah, she banished the, the demons, and you're like, no, it's just... Chris is more the scientist, <laughs> he's the rationalist. I am a yeah. rationalist. I,
1: yeah. I also love to play devil's advocate. I mean, as you know, I'm from a kind of Englishy background. Um, I think what you're talking about here, in a way, is, is called... Uh, Pathetic fallacy. Do you remember that from your school there? Pathetic fallacy. It's having this idea that you have an influence on major things around you. It's like like me looking forward to a Knott's Forest game kind of thing and thinking, but if I take a hundred steps in this direction, this particular way, it's going to influence the game. Mm. You with me? Yeah. It's all interesting stuff. But I mean, the year I'm going to talk about tonight is when I was in my teens say, 68 to 71, 72, and tarot, I Ching, does that ring any bells yeah. with you? All, all this kind of um, mysticism, trope, was very, very, very strong. Um, I've got some old posters here, and as you can see, you know, there's a hippie chick there in the corner. You have a long, floaty yeah. dress. She's probably got some tarot cards in her, in her underwear, and she's playing what looks like a sitar kind of thing. It very, very, very strong, um, and if you could, if you could again speak that kind of language, it uh, it had a lot of kudos. Uh, I mean, I remember one of my friends had, uh, you know, the yin yang thing, Ooh, you know, yeah. the black, black, and what. Uh, I mean, that that's all part of that kind of era. So I'm going to call it teenage kicks in the era of Age of Aquarius bracket. Sorry, I never saw Bowie. Did once try some of my sister's eyeliner.
0: Oh, so well, we've lost two followers. So, no. I'm, going to, <laughs> no so I'm going to
1: impinge on uh, on on glam rock and stuff like that. But basically, I think I think I've got um as you probably remember from previous podcasts, I have got, got a bit of a bit of bee in my bonnet. So the way in which the era I'm recounting here is actually recorded and thought of you know there's a lot of folk wisdom there but it isn't actually very very accurate so I, I, I'm going to ask you do you understand what the counterculture was or do you understand what uh, you know an alternative culture would be because that's what the era through which uh, I evolved was all about. It was about trying to, uh, yeah, yeah, it is, it is a bit of a self-deception, I understand that. It was about trying to change the world. It literally was that evangelical in one form or another. I think, I think a massive difference between then and now is now, I think we've talked about this before. I think you have a myriad of tribes, don't you? Got have got a kind of atomization of certain groups and certain group identities. But uh, when I, you know when I was 18,19, it was a much simpler world. And um, looking back on it, what doesn't surprise me, but it quite alarms me in a way, the massive influence that American thinking had on you. Almost everything I'm going to mention to you tonight had its origins in the
0: States. Well, I, I was going to say, around that era, I probably know more about America during that time. Because it's what's shown more in the media. Yeah, the, the
1: cultural heft of the United States, you can't, you can't deny it. It is massive. I, I was going to call tonight's episode, uh, Timothy Leary and his mates, their part in our downfall... Would you even know who Timothy Leary was?
0: No. I like it when Chris doesn't know something. Interesting, <laughs> Timothy
1: Leary. Well, Timothy Leary was... Um, I don't think he was a professor. He was certainly a doctor. He probably had a couple of doctorates. And he, he taught at Harvard. And Timothy Leary hocked on to LSD. And if you want, in, in certain sections of, of, of youth... Timothy Leary became an acid guru, yeah. and he had a massive influence on people. Um, I think I've told you before what you would have seen on my bookshelf back in those days, but most, most hip people would have had a copy of Timothy Leary's The Politics of Ecstasy, which tells you a lot, doesn't it? Um, and I'll try and mention tonight other, if, what would now be called influencers but um when i look at the damage in some ways not personally but what individuals like that ultimately caused it's really it's really quite worrying um, and it's like it's, it's like a warning from history you know how history, how mussolini and clarence are a stalin are a warning from history yeah. you know don't do this kids you know don't follow these people because they'll mess you up I took the idea, by the way, from uh, I'm referencing a, an ancient comedian here called Spike Milligan. Have you ever heard of Spike Milligan? Yeah, yeah that's oh, that name. Oh bad. wow, really? I mean, he was really super eccentric. I think he was eccentric in a way you don't see now. In fact, I think he was slightly mad, to be quite yeah. honest with you. But when I was, I don't know, maybe fourteen, a lovely book at the time was by spike milligan it was called hitler my part in his downfall <laughs> yeah i quite like that because spike milligan uh if you look at his war record he 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 was obviously in the army but he was basically behind the lines Yeah, you know, like a couple of my relatives and uh it's a bit it's like the kind of trumping yourself up isn't it my part in his downfall mm. he actually had very little part in his downfall so i've got timothy leary and people like that, how they had a part in in youth downfall. So the counterculture, and why I think these chats again are great, I must I must emphasise this is a lot of the um, ideals uh, and the thrust of the counterculture definitely has a resonance now. The counterculture was basically a project, a haphazard project to to really. Replace the military, industrial, capitalist, technocratic world. Do you know what I say? Yeah. It, it, it was there to offer uh, a different way of living and a different way of seeing the world. For for individuals like me, you you obviously were involved in in a, in a fairly insignificant way. But the movers and shakers—that's what was behind it, and. If you possibly are of a right wing persuasion, you, you would argue quite convincingly that quite a lot of it was quite communistic and Marxist and so on, although that wasn't overt. But I but I think I think what really interests me, and you can have a whole podcast on this, because I, I think it's what um divides us as a country now. People like me Although the idea of an alternative way of living was clearly very attractive and I was in my own small way quite willing to push the boat out, you know, And I know it sounds pathetic now, but I, I was willing to grow my hair long, I was willing to be non-conformist, uh, I was willing to behave in a particular way i was willing obviously to um, experiment with various chemicals etc etc so that kind of put me apart but why i did it and why we did it is a different question what i find it incredible is this idea of overthrowing technocracy is an interesting one because we now live in a highly technocratic society don't we yeah. and just link I know I digress guys but I'm not digressing here I promise you'll have to have a little buzzer oh god he's <laughs> I feel digressing. like we tried a hindsight if, if, or... you, if you look at the uh, movers and shakers behind Sil- what's now called Silicon Valley you will find that quite a number of them will have post-hippie ideas mm-hmm. and quite a number of them. I'm sure it's accurate I've, I've actually uh, taken uh, LSD, or a similar substance, it's actually altered their thinking, it's yeah. altered them. It's about, it's about an altered consciousness, but in terms of overthrowing capitalism, or <laughs> overthrowing any of that shit, it, it hasn't happened, has it? And, 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 I think, and I think that's why something like punk was described as, as the hippies' revenge. Because the original ideas behind it, the hippie ethos were very, very quickly dissolved into into a type of anarchy, where clearly the peace and love ethos, yeah, yeah, it didn't last long. Uh, and, and in fact, in in, in this country, I, I'm I'm doubtful if it ever took off in any meaningful form. Anyway, most of the movers and shakers uh, in Britain at that period were probably American. And oddly, as you know from our conversations last time, quite a number of them were Australian. Yeah? Uh, you know, the people who, who founded Oz and so on and so yeah. forth, they, they, they were they were Aussies. So I think maybe three out of ten. And the other one that was really uh, critical at that time was to create uh, a much more collective community, you know, to, to create... Uh, A feeling that one could not just live more communally, but one could actually share resources and be much more uh, orientated in that way, moving away from, putting it simply, the nuclear family, etc., etc. You know, those traditional uh, sexual and and cultural and social roles. Uh, Like it or not, uh as you know from previous conversations um movements like women's lib uh, gay rights etc and awareness of, of um, race racial issues it really on a mass front had its origins in in that time and it resonates now um i mean one thing i, I was Trying to help you guys, I, I spent, um, I wouldn't say it was a wasted hour, but I spent a, an hour at the weekend uh, re watching the Isle of Wight Festival DVD. Oh, yeah. You've probably seen it, oh, haven't you? Yeah. The Caravan. Um, and it is quite selective in what it shows, but basically, just to remind the listeners, the festival degenerated into anarchy. And, oh, yeah. you, and you literally were on the edge of, of real problems. And, and the abiding... Me- even I remember it was uh, guys, mainly guys. There were a few women there uh, doing the same. Pushing the perimeter fence over. And at one point, semi-invading the stage. And certainly throwing stuff at the stage. Demanding that it would be a free festival. Yeah. So, so you had this idea of communality and sharing taken if you want to a bloody ridiculous uh, degree because you know you don't have to be a genius to work out how how is a band going to perform particularly if they're having to fly over from the
0: states how are they they going to perform for nothing how are you going to set up a whole festival yeah I feel like as creatives me and Chris know this argument all too well
1: but it you see what what really fascinates me I mean t- taking you back to that time what do you think the average weekly wage was in say 1970 average
0: 25 pounds yeah well, yeah, dearly, didn't you? well uh...
1: probably 32. Probably close to thirty-two. Now, I, I did. I didn't go to the previous festival. I think. I think there was one on the Isle of Wight in '68 as well. But the '69 one was Bob Dylan. Bob Dylan. Bearing in mind that thirty-two quid a week, which is obviously one hundred and twenty quid a month times, you know, if you if you earned a couple of grand a year. That would have been a, a nice income. That's probably a white collar income. <laughs> Bob Dylan received thirty eight grand wow. for performing in <laughs> in nineteen sixty nine. According to the stuff I've read. Yeah. yeah? At the Wild White Festival that I was gonna come on to about two hours from now, there were actually one or two bands who were performing for free one notorious band it was called the pink fairies yeah oh, i think you great so name that is it pink fairies and i think the pink fairies came from a they originated as the deviants the deviants the pink fairies but that free thing was very very big and it obviously didn't didn't work um there's all sorts going on. I mean, I, I'd spent most of my life uh, in education and you had strands back then taking in this mood. You had de-schooling. It's where the education system, in small part, thank God, tried to liberalise itself. So, so you had free schools and, and you had schools where there was no curriculum. Not mainstream and that really set the right-wing press off do you know what i mean where yeah. kids would be coming in it's and it wasn't well we're going to do this today it was right kids how do you feel yeah. <laughs> yeah do you want to do that you want to go out in 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 the garden and make some mud pies or splash some paint up a wall that's fine like there's some resurgence in that now isn't there yeah
0: I'm sure there's some places I, 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 I can imagine that, yeah. It. yeah i
1: mean when i first came to manchester uh I don't, I don't know if you ever watched any of the programmes called Seven Up. No. It's an amazing series. Uh, it obviously, be, these, the people, the indiv- individuals in Seven Up are now, you have to use the Seven Times table here, they are now 63. I think they're 63. I don't think they're 70. I think the next one, they'll be 70. They're 63. But somebody has died now, unfortunately, had the great idea back in, obviously, 63 years ago, to actually film a group of kids oh, okay. you have seen, yeah, 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 yeah.
0: it's like um, the Robert Winston series, as well. That's right, yeah, it's oh, yeah. that, Wait, can yeah, follow that time. Time? yeah, what, oh, what, I quite like that I for 10 time. years. Or yeah. It's amazing,
1: it's an amazing idea, <laughs> uh, because you, you, you can now see people, uh, who obviously are guy is fat and bald and they've been, uh, they've been divorced a couple of times and they've probably possibly had a serious illness uh, some of them are immensely wealthy, others are just getting by it's an amazing thing but, I feel like even The Simpsons had a parody of it that's right mm. But I, I, the, the one that um, I remember is a very very early one, the kids if, you, if you've seen it you can maybe recall they were playing in what was called an adventure playground. Yeah, which was just. I mean, I, I worked on one briefly. And and you, you basically have a builder's lorry coming in and they drop off a load of scaffolding poles and they drop off a load of planks. And maybe there'd be a sack full of nails or, or whatever. And the kids would just <laughs> basically fuck off and build something. <laughs> can you imagine that? No. No. Um, God. Can you imagine it? No. Was that, you know, health and safety wasn't you know, quite... Uh, I mean, The other thing you had, because I, I want to talk at some point about uh, drug taking and uh, mental health, etc. Around the time, another reference here would be R.D. Lang. And R.D. Lang uh, came up with the idea that was adopted uh, up to a certain point in this country of mental illness as essentially being a social construct this idea that there's really no such thing as mental illness mental problems are called and caused by the shit society we live in yeah and i can see you nodding here yeah. you're a
0: certain, i mean this I is funny amazing how it's such full circle almost always because of course mental health now is a hot button subject yeah. yeah and it's like is it just caused by like the rise in social media is it a chemical imbalance or is it the social circumstances you find yourself yeah.
1: in? I mean, yeah. I mean, most people are screwed up because of the environment
0: they live in, aren't they? Yeah. Like I mean, Chris that get... causes the mental <laughs> imbalance, and then <laughs> full circle.
1: So you had you had all that stuff going on. You had deschooling. You you had madness is is imaginary, and most of all, which is which is one of what I want to focus on here is. Um, you had an intense uh, desire to find... <laughs> I'm going to leave the sex stuff to one side. I think the two are linked, by the way. <laughs> you know, sex and drugs and rock and roll. But um, another idea was to change your state of mind. Because a big yeah. a big thing then was a criticism of what was called straight society, where, you know, the classic, you know, which really took off by the way in 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 the opposite took off in in say the thatcher era you know semi-detached suburban man i mean fuck it i mean most people would give their right arm now to be a semi-detached suburban Mm. man wouldn't they do you know what i'm saying most a lot of people a lot of us would be would be glad of a bloody job etc but that that kind of stuff about changing your state about uh, casting off outmoded and restrictive uh, standards. So I've spoken about before, you know, how when I was a kid, uh, so many of us, not me personally, you became your dad. And you became your dad at, at a very, very early age. So you, you, you were thinking... Oh, now, Chris, I can see you looking at me. Like yeah, yeah, maybe. It's because <laughs> slowly you are. Poor old Russ, <laughs> poor bastard, yeah. So, you're talking about change in dress and change in social etiquette and so on. Um, we've spoken, this, this is where I think the alternative society was successful. Because I spoke to you before about the um, way in, in the arts in which things changed and the way in which um, you know, people became successful who, who didn't speak, receive pronunciation, RP, and so on and so forth. Society was being compelled to open out, and to a very great extent, it did open out. And I, I've referenced before changes in legislation uh, around you know homosexuality and, and so on and so forth. Yeah, so it was. But in, in a way, just to recap this section, I, I, I was kind of thinking to myself, I'll, I'll have a bit of that. I'll have a bit of that. I fancy a bit of that. Right, a bit of the counterculture. A bit of the counterculture. Yeah. Which, for so many kids like me, it's. <laughs> I mean, Ollie, if you if you, I've got his book over there, his his book, and if you go onto his website, he describes where we lived as boring and pedestrian and dull. Uh, I'm sure Andy, who I've also spoken to you before i mean he he probably would concur and put a few extra layers on that because he he was growing up in the countryside i mean but it funnily enough i, I was i've been put on again through these guys to another bloke i used to know called pete nevin and pete nevin is now dr pete nevin and he's uh he's very <laughs> art- successful if the he's an artist uh, who um i think i think he i think he worked at the Slade or somewhere like that he's just mm-hmm. he's just bought a place with, with his wife and five kids in uh, Galicia in, in part of Spain but if again you go on his website it's exactly the same I grew up in this really boring <laughs> dull environment I couldn't wait to get out I couldn't wait to get away or is it
0: actually like this or is it just like what we've discussed before uh, well, but, but, we what, what, I'm, what
1: I'm trying to outline for you here is that probably outside London, the whole bloody country was pretty dull. Yeah. You, you know what I'm yeah. saying? The, the, I mean, the, the great conflagration of ideas uh, was definitely going on in, in the London area. Like uh, even
0: now we speak to people from London and they're like, oh, Manchester's boring, but yeah. towards Manchester's it's not, quite it's. a hot spot, isn't it? I think
1: Manchester's really yeah. uh, culturally picked up. Um, yeah, you know, I remember when I when I, I first uh, lived in Manchester. I remember I don't I don't know how familiar you are with the Joy Division uh, album covers and stuff. There's one that shot in Hume on this flyover. Crossing the, the motorway near Hume with blocks of flats in the back, and it's it's obviously shot in February on some stone cold day. <laughs> and uh, if you if you go back to that, that was obviously a bit later, late 70s, early 80s. I mean, Manchester was in so many ways a very grim place. That's why the hacienda really lit the place up. Uh, a, a few years later. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember I had um, a very cultured, I met, I met him on holiday in uh, Ibiza, funnily enough, before it, Ibiza was a you know, big centre of dance and so on, he, he, he was uh, Dutch and uh, you know, quite sophisticated and so on, I remember thinking, oh my god, he's going to visit me in Manchester, I've got, <laughs> I've, I've got to show him around what can Well, you know, where can I go that was then but now you know for example we had some Australian relatives who came you know you, you,
0: you really are spoilt for joy so I feel like even when we were in uni and we brought people to Manchester we were like right we need to hit the so course sport, yeah. but then even SF then spots. yeah it's <laughs> a flip side you know I'd be like you know because somewhere like Affleck it's just a bit of a standard store to us but yeah, you know but I had I had mates like oh we need to go to Affleck so I'm like Okay. So, Flex is is iconic. Yeah,
1: it? it is. It's iconic.
0: Well, everyone, we're going to leave it there for now and we all hope you enjoyed this episode. I think we may have recorded it back in July, but hopefully now we're going to get back into a routine and there will be more episodes more frequently. Fingers crossed. Now, with this little outro, I'm going to go into a bit of a tangent. So for those of you hovering over the pause button waiting to continue with your day, just a quick reminder that if you want to join in with the conversation or leave us some feedback, you can do that by heading to Twitter and using the handle at a pint with peter or if twitter's not your thing you can always email us using a pint with peter at gmail.com we always love hearing from you and you know thanks for your continued support now for those of you wanting to hear the tangent when me and chris came up with the concept for this podcast it was a way to share my dad's unique personality with the world you know if you've met met him he is a larger than life character But it's transitioned from that simple concept into, you know, almost recording my dad's memoirs. You know, I've heard celebrities talk about it. And a lot of the feedback we've got is, you know, people saying that they wish they did it and how it's such a good idea to do, because, you know, essentially I'm always going to have these, you know, these recordings of my dad, his stories. And, you know, with the continued breaks, dad has always said to us, oh, if you don't want to continue, but. I feel like I always want to continue it, you know, so I can always have these recordings. So, you know, if you've been waiting to sit down and chat with your parents, you know, especially after a bloody world pandemic, then I recommend it because, you know, it's great to hear these stories and a lot of them I'm learning alongside with you and I'm really enjoying the journey and I really hope you are too. So thanks everyone and you know, thanks for your support. We really appreciate it. And I guess on to the next one.